Welcome to the Modern Classrooms Project podcast. Each week, we bring you discussions with educators on how they use blended, self-paced, and mastery-based learning to better serve their students. We believe teachers learn best from each other, so this is our way of lifting up the voices of leaders and innovators in our community. This is the Modern Classrooms Project podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 72 of the Modern Classrooms Project podcast. My name is Tony Rose Deannon, she, her pronouns, a program manager at Modern Classroom, and I am joined by an all-star CTE teacher and implementer, Evan Jarrett. Welcome, Evan. Hey, how you doing, Ada? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for saying yes to the podcast, and it's so exciting to be in this space with you. Um, so first of all, Happy New Year. It's 2022, and I'm. you just let me know that we have another guest, actually. So go ahead and introduce your guests, and we'll go right into our conversation. Okay, great. Um, I have my assistant principal here with me, Ms. Um, Mbele, to let you know about the demographics of the Mayfair School. Hello, my name is Daima Mbele, and I'm so excited to be a part of this podcast today. Currently, I'm the assistant principal at Mayfair School for grades three and four. And I wanted to just do a sidebar really quickly. One of the things that Mr. Jared is also doing, along with all of the other wonderful things that he's doing, he is taking fourth graders, some of my fourth graders, and allowing them to learn these traits in the after-school program. So I'm really, really excited about him getting students um, acclimated earlier on. But anyway, I just want to talk a little bit about Mayfair School. Mayfair School, right now we have almost 2,000 students. We're at 1,668 students. Right now we have 9% Black or African American. We have 34% students that would identify as Hispanic, 23% students that would identify as white or Caucasian, 32% students that would identify as Asian, and 2% of students that would identify as multi-race. And our school day goes from about 8 o'clock until 2.54. And we are a kindergarten to eighth grade program. Well, you you see she said they start at 8 o'clock. I get in here every day at 6.15, so let's let's just put that in there. Yes, yes he does. Yes, he does. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so let's, let's get started. Awesome. Again, thank you so much for joining in and giving us a little bit more context of your school. I really, really appreciate that and appreciate your time as well. Um, so Evan, again, thank you for doing that. Uh, we've never actually had that before where AP came in and did a little bit of background. So that was really exciting for me. I was a little <laughs> bit like flustered because I was unprepared, but thank you again for that. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah. So. You know, um, how are you feeling today, Evan? Are you you said you go into work at six fifteen every day? How is that for you? Yeah, I'm here every morning at six fifteen. Um, because what happens is I figure if I can get more hours in my day, I can get a lot more accomplished. I get here, try to record at least two lessons um, each day, and once I get those lessons recorded, I, um, it's a full production in my classroom. I got I got to edit it, the lighting, everything. Um, it's a busy day for me. Busy day for me. Yeah, and I really like that we just jumped right into it. And so for our, li- for our listeners, um, I'm going to give some, you know, background context as well, me and you. Um, so I I kind of learned about Evan's work, um, or I did learn about Evan's work through our social media, actually, at first and on Instagram. And then Evan is one of our really engaged members on our Facebook group. And so I really appreciate your engagement. You always talk about your, your evaluations, your lessons, uh, what the students are doing. You're always constantly sharing your MCP 
MCP journey. And so um, tell us more about who you are and how you started with MCP. All right. Um, I'm, I'm a former high school teacher. I mean, I love teaching. I love high school because um, I felt like I was getting the students ready for a career. Um, one thing about career in tech, um, we started off with in 10th grade, you could take construction one. Once you reach 11th grade, you could take um, level two. When you're a senior, you could take level three. And what happens is with my seniors, my juniors and seniors, I would have them every day for three and a half hours each day. So it was block scheduling, double block. We, we got a lot accomplished. Um, I felt my first year, I felt I really I mean, I felt like I was drinking from a fire hydrant turned all the way up. It was just like I couldn't catch up. I was thrown in the classroom with 17 juniors and seniors, no curriculum. It was like, oh, my goodness, what am I doing here? Um, We got through the first year. Um, I learned a lot about classroom management, um, the different personalities. And one thing that I learned there is that if the students don't like you, they won't learn from you. Um, That's my biggest thing. You got to learn how to build relationships, especially if you want to implement this. Uh, I'm going from my personal journey. If you want to implement this, um, you got to definitely build your relationships with your students because it's a lot. It's a lot of work on their end, but it's also a lot of work for you. So there has to be a buy-in. You don't want to have students constantly saying, oh, you're not teaching us no more. You're not teaching us. You're just giving us videos. No, 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 no. Because what happens is the videos that I do, I'm teaching as if the students are in front of me. My lessons are probably a half an hour to 45 minutes. Some may think that's too long, but um, I got to get these students ready for a career. So, and if you want hands-on, strictly hands-on in the classroom, you got to do theory. You have to do your theory work to touch tools in my classroom. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing. I mean, I definitely understand the whole drinking out of a fire hydrant on full blast. Um, it is not a good feeling. And I hope that, you know, not a lot of our teachers are going through that, but I'm sure that everyone is because of COVID and everything that's happening right now. Right. I really like the fact that you also just highlighted the importance of having relationships with students, because regardless of what you try in the classroom, right, our students, if they're already bought in and they know that you care as a teacher, as a human being, they're down for whatever you throw at them. Um, and so I really appreciate you saying and really just starting out this conversation with relationships with students is vital for anything really to work in your classroom. And so, all right, cool. So then how does the modern classroom model work for your content area? And thinking about like all the pictures that you posted of students doing hands-on things, how, how does that work? Modern classroom actually works um, perfectly for um, in the middle school setting. Um, we come in um, the videos. I actually upload theory on Fridays. Um, the students, they do the theory work over the weekend. If it's not completed that Monday, they can come in work in class. The students that have completed, we could actually it's strictly hands on. Um, they're learning. Every, it's a strictly hands on class. Um, but my students that need help. Now I'm able to float around the room. They can raise their hand, Mr. Jared, I need some help. I can come over there, give them the individual attention that they need. That's that's really great to hear. Um, and so when you have those specific structures in place, and I know that you had mentioned you started with a journey, with a modern classroom journey on March 15th, which is two days before my birthday, by the way. Woohoo. Oh, okay. Um, so that was really exciting for me to hear that you've actually started implementing this for some, some time now. Um, and you also mentioned previously that you kind of made these things a competition for your classes, right? So like fifth grade is doing the same thing as eighth grade. Um, how does that look like? Do 
students sign up for your classes? Do they take it like more than once? How does that work out? See, well, being as though this is only the second year and actually my first year in person, I really can't say that's above my pay grade. Um, <laughs> hey, listen, <laughs> when the kids come in, I teach. That's what I do. I'm the teacher. I don't know how they get in. I'm the teacher. So what happens is um, I got I make it competitive. Like I tell I mean, I'm a liar, too, when the kids come in, because I tell my fifth graders, look, my eighth graders are better than you. You better. You better y'all better do a good job. And so they're like, Mr. Jared, we're going to do it. And I actually sent you a video of my fifth graders. Um, they're, they're actually their mastery video on how to join Copper Pipe. Um, we're doing, like I said, we're using real tools, everything, um, and safety is the most important thing. So we, we actually go through it. I run it. I run a high school program in a middle school. And I, I mean, like I said, you know, um, with your social media, the pictures, it just seems so engaging and so entertaining. And I was like, oh my gosh, I would love to be in Evan's class. And so, um, quick question now that you mentioned safety, which is actually great. How do you ensure students' safety when your class is self-paced? Well, what we do is the first two weeks when you get my class, the first two weeks, within that first two weeks, what we do is we go over safety. We go over shop safety, tool safety, power tool safety, construction safety. Um, just You can never get too much safety in my classroom. Um, one of the things that we do is I try to I spoon feed them as far as how I'm going to do it, how it's structured. Um, I actually go along with them the first lesson and do it with them, show them how I want it done. And once I show them, they take off running. Um, and then my biggest thing has been that students are moving ahead. So now I have to lock the lesson so they don't move ahead to see what's next. Yeah. And I, um, and I, I just, I love that too. Cause I know you're also toying around with, um, the, the self pacing, right? I know on Facebook, you posted a picture of your pacing tracker. So can you tell us more about your thought process and how you created that pacing tracker? And it was, it was really cool too, because it's not a computer based pacing tracker. It was something that you like had up on the board, on the chalkboard and you tracked it that way. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. Um, like I said, the evolution of this is still taking still going um right now what i do is my pacing tracker i actually moved it and i don't have the chalkboard no more i have it on a cork board um because it's actually easier for me to do it with push pins instead of tape the stuff is falling down um so what happens is as soon as you come in my classroom you can actually see um the pacing tracker and the students can know exactly where they're at uh, a lot of times my biggest challenge right now with the pacing tracker is that students they will complete assignments after I check, because one of the first things I do when I get here, like I said, I get here 615 in the morning. I check to make sure everybody's assignments done. I write down the board who can have hands on who's doing theory. And they when they come in, Mr. Jared, I completed Mr. Jared, I completed. So now I'm wasting time trying to go back to see, OK, you can do hands on. And like I said, the pace, the pacing tractor has been great. Um, it's something that I take pictures of, share with the parents. Um, when administration comes in, they can actually see where the kids are at. Um, if you're having a problem with a kid, you can actually see why is he over here. I can pull up their Google assignments. You can see why he's there. It's great. It's great. I love it. And I think that that's something that's really important for new implementers to keep in mind, right? You started out with one pacing tracker and then you realize, oh my gosh, the tape is falling apart. I'm going to switch to another thing. Um, and that's also okay. I, I also wanted to name the fact or just acknowledge really that you said you spoon fed students when you first started implementing the model. Um, yes. it's a lot of hand holding, right? Yes. Um, 
And I would say like, that's actually the best way to do that, to do this model, because students, again, like they don't know how to be active learners, really, right? They've been so passive for a while now. And so to do a model that's modern classroom, where it's self-paced, blended learning, mastery-based grading, they're going to need a lot of support. Um, And so what were some of the challenges that you had when implementing the model? Well, uh, when I implemented the model, one of the main, cha- well, my main challenge right now is the, p- the, the pacing board. Uh, just updating it because I had five classes throughout the day straight through. My prep is at the end of the day. Um, just trying to keep it updated. Uh, like I said, I may switch this again. It may be digital now. I don't, I don't know. I'm still, like I said, I'm still finding my way through this. Like I said, it's a lot of trial and error with this. Um, but I love it. Like I said, the kids love it. Um, and like the main thing is my classes is we have a class of 30. They split the class up. So what happens is I will have one fifth, one half of 15, another teacher will have the other half. So what happens is when the cl- students come walk past my class, they'd be like, oh, I want to do what they're doing. What do you want to do? It, we just didn't get here. It's, we have to do certain things. You have to do theory work. And what happens is they was like, how when do y'all do theory? I said, we do it over the weekend. Everybody's still amazed. Like the kids are actually working over the weekend to get my theory work done. And it's great. And like right now we're, we're on COVID. I mean, the school is shut down. Um, we have no students in the building. All the teachers are here. I don't know how long it's, I don't, I just don't know. It's a lot going on. Um, but like for, as far as my classes, we haven't took a hit yet. Um, everybody's still working. Everybody's still engaged online. They're asking a lot of questions. I'm still, parents are asking me questions where their students, where their son or daughter is at on the pacing tracker. We, we're doing good over here. We're definitely doing good. And that's really, really great to hear. Um, and so I guess I have a follow-up question. So now that everything is virtual because you don't have students coming in, how does that impact your um, instructional, your instructional videos with your students, right? Because when they come in, it's all very um, what's the word? Like, it's very much like hands-on experiences, right? But now they're not coming into school. So how does that look like? How does that look? Um, like right now, we we still, it's still functioning like a regular class. Um, right now, like I said, it's a lot of relationship building in my Google sessions. We, it's a lot of fun. Like I said, it's a lot of fun. They're learning and they don't even know it. Right now, we just started wall framing. So the assignment was actually posted over the weekend. A lot of students got it done. So what happens is instead of the hands-on in the classroom, what we're doing is the students are making 3D CAD designs on Tinkercad. So now they're actually building houses in Tinkercad. So they're still getting that construction feel for it um, just from the architect standpoint, not from the actual builder standpoint. I love that. That's actually such a great idea. And I also just really like that you have your theory, right? Like students really need to know the theory behind certain skills and that you have the option or you give the option to students to do it over the weekend, which majority of them take, but also giving them the space that if they needed to do it on a Monday, right? Mm -hmm. um, When they come in, they're able to do that as well. I think that that's so great because then there's not a lot of pressure on students, right? Like, oh, if I don't get a chance to do this over the weekend because of whatever happened that weekend, they can still come in and not be penalized. Um, so I, I really appreciate that. So, um, so then what is, um, as a, so you would consider yourself a career and technical, um, education teacher, right? Yes. 
Okay. And that's this beautiful. I'm still learning. I feel like I've been in education for 10 years and I only know basically English because that's what I <laughs> did. Um, and so I'm still learning about CTE. And I know that we get a lot of questions um, from teachers who are CTE educators. And so what is one tip that you have on implementing the modern classroom model for hesitant CTE teachers? I would honestly say, um, far as your videos, um, don't worry about being perfect. Just be yourself. Um, the students will definitely appreciate that. Um, also, the most important thing is, honestly, it goes back to building relationships. You want to make sure, like, for this to succeed, you got to have relationships with the students. Um, and they, it, that's the most important thing. Um and stay firm. Like for a CTE teacher, if you're teaching culinary, if you th- if the student's theory is not done, they don't go in the kitchen. You got to stay firm um, because if they sense that they can get by just by not doing it, then um, they're going to continue just to try to squeak by and don't do the work. Separate the room. And what happens is, honestly, it's actually better for the teacher because you're allowed to divide and conquer now. Um, instead of having 15 kids or 20 kids, you have your students that completed the theory online. They can go ahead and be in the shop. The ones that didn't, oh, they don't want to sit there by themselves now. They're going to get that work done and get on the other side of the room. And that's such a good point too, right? So then how do you determine um, what students need to learn? So like your must do, your should do, aspire to do. Do you do lesson classifications in your class? Well, what we have, we have a task grid. Um, it's actually from, it's actually a, what the state says that the students should learn by the end of taking um, your class. So what happens is it's a three-year task grid, um, and it's just pretty much at the end of that, the students will have to take a NACTI test, and your NACTI score, it pretty much, since I started this, all of my students scored advanced, um, which has been an excellent thing I'm proud of. Now it's just like I'm running a high school program. I'm just taking the same steps when I'm teaching middle school. And so what happens is when these students graduate and if they decide to go to high school with a CTE program for as construction, um, they will they be set up. They'll be definitely good in good shape. Congratulations on that, by the way, Evan. Advanced? That's amazing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I'm, I'm actually proud of that. I'm actually, that's what I'm, I'm proud that we've actually, we were able to do that. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, amidst the pandemic happening and just like the whole world falling apart, <laughs> your students Ooh. are still crushing it. <laughs> yeah, they, they are. They are. They definitely are. I'm, I'm proud of them. I'm proud of them. Um, I, I love that so much. That makes me so happy. Um, and, you know, because you're talking so much about establishing relationships with students, can you give some examples of how you do that? I mean, honestly, it's, the, it's uh, here, like I said, I was you last year was my first year at this school. Um, I accepted the position thinking that I was going to be teaching students in person. Um, The whole year was virtual. I'm a new teacher, new program teaching virtually. And that was that was a recipe for failure. Um, And what I did was, I mean, you had to build relationships. And I feel as though like for me, the pandemic has made me a better teacher because I didn't have the tools in the shop to rely on. Uh, Cause usually kids want to get in your class cause they want to cut wood or they want to bang a hammer or they want to scream, play music in the shop. Nah, it was just like, I had to build relationships. I had to make these students want to say, Oh, I'm going to log in Mr. Jarrett's class. And for me, like I did when I was in high school, I created a family atmosphere. 
Um, if you ask any of my students about me from when we when I taught high school, it was a family atmosphere. Uh, we help each other out. I don't call it groups. Go get in your group. I say go get with your family. When I break up the classrooms in Google Classroom, we have our breakout rooms. All right. This is such and such family. Go with their family. Uh, it's a fa- family atmosphere in here. And like we want to see everybody succeed. Um, students want to go where they feel successful at. Um, a lot of teachers. I'm going to whisper this because they're still in the building, but um, a lot of teachers, they wonder why a lot of students flock to my classroom. I have a lot of students that come to my door. That's not even on my roster. Mr. Jarrett, can I come in? It's just students want to be feel where they're successful at and where it's a safe place. And I created that in my classroom. We call it the dope culture. But um, listen, I just I'm just here for the kids. I want them to be happy. Evan, like, it's beautiful, right? I mean, I know that um, you call yourself the dope teacher, which I don't even know you, but I can already feel that energy, the vibes. And I also would want to peek in your classroom every single day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I think that's the biggest compliment as a teacher when you have students who peek in all the time just to see what's happening, right? Because that was really, that was similar to my experience too, is that I welcomed disrupt, like distractions because the model was, um, you know, self-paced and the students are, you know, self-directed learners. My other students could come in and say, hello, what's up, peep in, see what's happening. And so I, I really like that about the, um, the model as well is that anybody can really just come in and like catch my attention for one, two minutes and then keep it moving. Right. And so I, completely agree with you about creating a sense of belonging in the classroom and that that safe and brave space to fail and to learn and to be really a part of a family. I really like that you call it a family, really. I've never done that. I've always been like team or group or peers, but I think it's another layer when you call it a family. Yeah. I mean, the kids, I mean, honestly, and I, like I said, one of the main things that I do in the beginning of the year is I reach out to the parents as soon as I get my roster over the summer, tell the parents about me just so they can know who I am as a person and my expectations. Um, once the students know that you're in contact with their parents, you don't have behavior issues. Um, another thing is like, you see how you said that, you're st- that you would give the students a minute. It's never a minute in my classroom. They would come in and by us wearing masks and we have to wear safety goggles in here, I can have a student in my classroom that's not on my roster and I wouldn't realize until the end of class. And I'm like, yo, you was in here the whole time? And they'd be like, and start smiling and just leave. I'm like, all right, I'm looking out for you. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and yeah, just everything you said is just really great. I think it's really important to be transparent with caregivers and families and so that they're aware of what's happening. Um, And I think your videos are also on YouTube, right? So everyone can access. Some of the videos are, but what happens is I have a lot of the videos unlisted. The ones that we use for our lessons, they're unlisted. And then also the students, their instructional videos, I have those unlisted as well that I only share with the parents. If they decide to share it out, they can. Um, it's just like I said, I, it's just I want the kids to actually see their work and actually be proud of it. That's the whole thing. We just want the students to be proud of the work that they put out. Yeah. Do you mind if we link some of those, um, the, the things that you've shared in the Facebook group, if we can link it in the show notes so that our listeners. Okay, that's definitely, definitely. definitely. Uh, yes. Okay. Okay. Great. Great. Eight. Um, so listeners, you'll have some of these things so you can see Evan in action and his kids really, cause they're just amazing. Um, and so what do you hope to see in the future? Like what goals do you have? 
my goals, like, um, let me tell you something. I never want to be administration. I like it where I'm at. Um, me neither. No, no, I, this is where, this is, like I said, honestly, this school where I'm at, I really enjoy it. Like, um, they're going to have to pry me out of here. I'm never leaving. Um, it's just, honestly, just to give the students an opportunity just to see that you have options in life. Um, like I said, I'm a teacher. And like more than that, I, I, don't, I don't know. I just I just enjoy what I'm doing. I enjoy what I'm doing. My, one of my goals that I want to have, I want to open up my own school as far as a building trade school, um, because I feel as though if we had more opportunities and just education and mentoring, um, a lot of the problems that we have right here with the youth, we wouldn't have because they wouldn't they wouldn't want to get in trouble because they know they have something to lose. So that's one of my biggest things that I want to push for with probably within the next 10 years. I like that idea. I know. I know for me, I've been reflecting on who I am as a human being and I'm like, oh my gosh, I've never actually done any hands-on anything. (laughs) So I would love to do more hands-on things and just giving that opportunity for our youth, like you said, is going to be impactful. So um, good luck for that. Good luck with that. And I know you're going to like kick butt and I'm going to just see more updates from you. So I really, really appreciate um, you sharing your story with us for a little bit. Um, And so before we go, how can our listeners connect with you? Um, if you want to connect with me, you can go to um, Instagram, um, Mr. Jar underscore construction tech. Um, you could always um, search me on YouTube, Evan Jarrett, E-V-I-N-J-A-R-R-E-T-T. Um, see what my classroom is doing. Like I said, any tips, anything you want to offer, any suggestions, I'm all for it. Or you can just get me on Facebook, Evan Jarrett. <laughs> Yeah. And if you're not part of the Facebook group, please join the Facebook group because you'll see Evan post. Um, you think I post too much? No, Evan. <laughs> no. Keep it up, please. I scaled back. I scaled back because I was like, oh, I think I'm showing off. Let me stop. Let me no, stop. No. Please continue to show off. We want to continue celebrating our teachers. And I feel like the group really loves hearing from you. Um, I know at the Modern Classroom, we're always talking about like, hey, has anyone talked to Evan? I'm like, yes, I talked to Evan. <laughs> I got it. I got it. I promise you, I'm talking no. to Evan. <laughs> no, I, just, I, just, I had scaled back because I was like, oh, I might be posting too much. Let me slow down. No, please continue to post. Oh, I love the transparency. I love the vulnerability. I love like your growth and like the progress that you're sharing. And then you're also constantly responding to posts as well on Facebook or in our Facebook group. So please continue to do that. Learned a lot from that group. I learned a lot from that group. It really, I mean, it really helped me out. Um, even just looking at other posts as far as like different suggestions as it take or just, I mean, honestly, I just learned a lot. Like um, there's a lot of teachers that I actually see what they're doing to see if I can implement it in my classroom. So yeah, it's a great group. Yeah. And I mean, you know, we would never know about all the cool things you're doing if you didn't post. So please continue to post so that we can continue to celebrate you, Evan. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll definitely will. And I know that Zach and I were talking about how, you know, we don't have any CTE teachers on the podcast. And so when I started seeing your journey, I was like, oh, no, we're getting Evan on our podcast like ASAP. <laughs> we need, we honestly, we need a CTE group, a CTE group. It's like for, for us, it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird for to say because we are hands on class. So just a place for us to meet and discuss what we do. I think we, we definitely need to do that. Yeah. And you know what? If you have the time and the capacity, I'd love to work with you on creating some kind of group because I know we always get 
questions from CTE teachers. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So I'll, I'll hit you up, Evan. I got you. Got you. Got you. <laughs> but again, thank you so much for saying yes to the podcast. Um, I really appreciate you sharing your story, Evan. And it's so nice to finally have a chance to talk to you as opposed to just, you know, texting you and chatting with you via Instagram and, and Facebook. And so Listeners, remember, you can always email us at podcast at modernclassrooms.org, and you can find the show notes for this episode at podcast.modernclassrooms.org slash 72. Thank you all for listening. Have a great week, and we'll be back next week. Thank you so much for listening. You can find links to topics and tools we discussed in our show notes for this episode. And remember, you can learn more about our work at www.modernclassrooms.org and you can learn the essentials of our model through our free course at learn.modernclassrooms.org You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Modern Class Proj, that's P-R-O-J We are so appreciative of all you do for students in schools Have a great week and we'll be back next Sunday with another episode of the Modern Classrooms Project Podcast Podcast